0: Viewing life from a hearse, it
1: could be worse. Laughing and cry with the country undertaker. Overnight, chaos erupting in downtown Atlanta. Firecrackers set ablaze, this police car in flames. Police arresting six people. The protest against a new police training center and the killing of an environmental activist started peacefully but took a turn when some rioters smashed windows and set a cruiser on fire. Tonight we know more about the innocent students killed in the mass shooting and the armed man who stole their future. We are also learning chilling new details about what the gunman may have been planning next. The justice has descended into chaos. Minnesota freeway, a tanker speeds directly toward a crowd of protesters, narrowly avoiding catastrophe. Protesters chase down the truck and swarm over the cabin. Eventually the driver is dragged out and beaten by the mob.
2: Two people are dead and two others were wounded as weapons were fired over and over and over again in the city's Point Breeze section last night. Chopper 6 was over the crime scene on Bucknell Street as police were searching for clues. Earlier in the night, families, including young children, were enjoying a nice evening outside, and then this.
0: I think we all can agree that there is much turmoil in the world we live in. Riots, street shootings, school shootings, anger, and hatred are rampant. To be honest, as a man who has to be in the sunset of my life, I have never seen the division quite like it is now. Political division, civil division, even theological division. You name any kind of division, and it is pretty much happening. I have often asked myself, what will it take to change all this? The answer I always come up with, only God. Asbury University is located in Wilmore, Kentucky, about a 30-minute drive from Lexington. There are only about 1,700 undergraduate students enrolled there. And there's close to the same number of graduate students enrolled in Asbury Seminary that is also located on the same campus. In case you have somehow missed it, a spiritual revival or awakening has broken out there. Authentic revivals can be very contagious, and this one is certainly that. It all started on February the 8th at a regularly scheduled chapel service at Hughes Auditorium on the campus of Asbury. At the end of the service, some of the students were praying and they stayed after everybody left. The prayers turned to worship and the worship has continued 24 hours a day, seven days a week since that chapel service on February the 8th. The place has been packed around the clock. Two overflow auditoriums on campus live streaming from Hughes Auditorium are filled to overflowing. People have been in line outside the buildings and gathered on the campus, sometimes in freezing temperatures to experience what is going on. And to get in one of the buildings, people hungry for God have traveled from all over the United States and even other parts of the world to be a part of it. And the revival is spreading like a fire. Other college campuses across the country have Buildings full of college students worshiping around the clock. Even some businesses in places like Minneapolis have turned their office building into a chapel with chairs to allow a place for people to gather to worship. If you haven't been reading about this, search Asbury Revival on the internet. There are hundreds and hundreds of videos people have posted not only of what is going on at Asbury or where they live, but they're also talking about the impact this incredible time is having on their lives. The Asbury Revival has also been on the national news. Check it out. Even if you're a critic, you will be intrigued. Most will be amazed and very much moved by what you are seeing. Asbury is not new to revivals such as this. In 1950, a revival broke out there that continued for 118 uninterrupted hours becoming the second leading news story in the nation. It was estimated 50,000 people came to a new experience with Christ. The same happened again in 1970, but this time it was 144 hours of uninterrupted worship. Just for the record, I grew up going to Indian Springs Camp Meeting in Georgia, which was a 10-day spiritual retreat. Asbury College, as it was called then, was very well represented at that camp meeting. I have known many people who attended Asbury University and or Asbury Seminary in my life. My brother, sister-in-law, and another brother-in-law attended Asbury. My niece was born in Lexington when her parents were living at Asbury for further training. I've been to Asbury and Wilmore, Kentucky numerous times. So as you can imagine, I started watching all this early on, and I certainly can't let this pass without talking about it on this podcast. I have two guests today. Both have visited Asbury and Hughes Auditorium since this revival began. Rusty Tate is a longtime friend and Methodist minister in Alabama. He got his undergraduate degree from Asbury University and also graduated from Asbury Seminary. Rusty Tate is as solid as a rock. I have never met any human being that I have admired more than Rusty. He certainly has a unique perspective on what is going on in Kentucky. My other guest is a new friend, Chet Cooper. He's also a minister and pastors Crossroads Bible Church in Fort Valley, Georgia. I noticed some posts he made on social media about his visit to Asbury, so I got in touch with him. Turns out he has experienced a great revival in his own church and also has a unique perspective on what is happening in Kentucky. So if you're wondering what all this is about, just hang on. If you've been reading and seeing the Asbury revival on TV or social media, you will also gain some perspective. But if your life is in shambles and you're looking for answers that could possibly have the capacity to change the course of your life, This is certainly for you. In sharp contrast to the audio you heard at the beginning of this podcast from news footage of a little of what is going on with our youth in our country, I captured a couple of videos that have been posted on social media that are coming from Hughes Auditorium. This is Bruce Goddard, and you're listening to the View from a Hearst podcast. I just told you that I've got a couple of guests with me today, and the first is Rusty Tate. He is a Methodist minister. He's in the United Methodist Church. He's at Helena United Methodist Church in Helena, Alabama, which is just south of Birmingham. I've known Rusty, as I mentioned, a long time. Uh, He's as solid as they get. And i am got him here to talk about what's going on at Asbury University. It used to be called Asbury College in, in Wilmore, Kentucky. If you don't know about what's going on, go to Twitter and plug in Asbury or Asbury Revival. Something very special is going on there. And I happened to see that my friend Rusty, who is in Alabama, posted something on social media that he had been to Asbury since this revival. It started on February the 8th. It was just a noon chapel service that is still going on. So, Rusty, let's start by introducing you. You've got close ties to Asbury. You went to undergraduate school there. You went to seminary there. Just talk about a little bit about your connection to Asbury University.
1: Uh, Thanks for having me on, Bruce, and I love you and just appreciate uh, who you are and our friendship down through the years as well. Um, So I um, started attending Asbury University back in the late 70s, and there's a story around that I'll get to. Met my wife there, was a Christian ministries major there, and, and so I have a deep, deep love for Asbury. Interesting story was... Um, I was uh, attending another university my freshman year uh, of college, and um, I was working as an associate pastor in a very, very small United Methodist church. And they had convinced me to transfer to another to another college for my sophomore year. I was not comfortable about that. I was not a, I was I didn't have peace about it, but that just seemed to be the logical thing to do. And so i stepped into that and got accepted into this uh, second university and in the meantime at my home church uh, we received a new pastor there who was an asbury college graduate and uh, i told him my story of i was transferring from and to and, and uh, he said well you ought to you ought to consider asbury well i'd never even heard of asbury i didn't even know where it was and and so I got to looking and researching a bit and uh, my dad and i both then drove up there um, on July fifteenth, in between my freshman and college, uh, sophomore years of college, and we got up there probably around lunchtime or so. We we uh, went on a tour of Asbury College, and the first thing that the tour guide did was he took us into Hughes Auditorium where the revival is happening now, and he and he told us the stories of the 1950 revival that happened there and the 1970 revival that happened there and how how college students from all over the United States flocked to uh, the revival that was happening there and left and went back to their colleges and revival happened in in, in those places and, and how the students from Asbury would go to these other colleges and universities and their home churches where they were affiliated. And uh, revival often broke out in those places too and so we uh we left there i can remember getting back in the car with my dad to travel back to birmingham where we lived and uh i said dad this is where god wants me to be and there's no question about that and and so this is where i want to be and uh he said he said okay We'll go home and tell your mother, <laughs> so she didn't want her son four hundred miles away, but uh, she knew that uh, that would be exactly where God wanted me to be. And so I graduated from there, the university. I met my wife there. We I took a church for about a year and a half in between college, and then went to seminary. Now Asbury University, that it's called now, uh, is is a separate institution from Asbury's Theological Seminary. But they are across the street from one another, and they have a great relationship with one another. And so now, with the revival happening in Hughes Auditorium, uh, which is the big uh, auditorium where they have chapel, it seats about fifteen hundred people, and uh, it's three days a week. The student body, uh, I think, at the time when we were there, maybe we could we could have six excuse absences or something from chapel, and so. Uh, It was a mandatory thing, but it was goodness. It was just a holy, holy time. And the overflow of the chapel worship services are happening now uh, in Estes Chapel, which is at the seminary, and McKenna Chapel, that's at the seminary. And uh, both of those are smaller venues than Hughes Auditorium. But uh, it seems that uh, people are experiencing Christ and the, the stirring of the of God's Spirit even over there. It's just amazing what's happening uh, there right now.
0: You know, my older brother Mac went to Ashbury, and I, my dad had the same experience. My mama was tickled to death that he was going. Daddy didn't like it one bit that he was going that far from home. <laughs> so he had the yes. same he had the same experience, but. Uh, going back to what's going on there now, I, I see where there's a ton of people outside. They're lined up. They're, they're uh, all in the yard of that, of, of that auditorium. Not only are those overflow chapels full but there are people all outside. I don't know if you've seen any of those pictures, but I was just blown away. It seems like it's getting bigger and bigger. So I know you went there recently. So just talk about a little bit about what you saw there. I guess you went there last weekend. So it was pretty early in this, this whole revival that's going on, right? When you were there.
1: That's correct. And so we went, we had planned to, uh, go see our son and his family, our grandchildren uh, that live in Wilmore. And uh, they don't have any connection other than being graduates of the university, but uh, they're not working there, and but they live there. And so we had made plans to go up there. And so the revival started uh, on Wednesday, February the 8th, just after the chapel service uh, of that particular morning. And uh, on the way up to Wilmore on Thursday, February 9th, my daughter texts uh, my wife and says, "Do you know there's a revival going on that's broken out at Asbury?" And uh, no, we didn't. And so we we drove up on that Thursday, and so we I, I decided I'm I'm going to listen to that chapel service. Boy, that must have been a uh, humdinger of a service, and so I listened to the speaker. And no offense to the to the person speaking that that day, but I thought, you know, that I mean, that was good and all, but that was nothing spectacular. I mean, I could have done that, and most most of my friends could have could have said what he said as as effective as he he said. And so I'm just kind of surprised that uh, that revival broke out from from that. But uh, and so as I understand it, uh, after the worship after the chapel that particular morning, somebody. Uh, uh, had a word of testimony, and then they began worshiping, and people were stirred to give their testimonies to, and people just were drawn to the place, and it's been going on ever since. And so it's just... 24-7,
0: now. right? Yeah. 24-7 is the place I, I, yeah people there.
1: Yeah, right. Yep. So it's amazing what's, what's happening.
0: So I have Chet Cooper on the line, who has recently gone to Asbury as well as uh, Rusty. And Chet is currently the pastor of Crossroads Bible Church in Fort Valley, Georgia. He says he is a church rescuer. So Chet, thank you for being on here and talking about this. And I really appreciate it. Well, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit to the listeners of who you are and what you're about?
2: Okay, I just want to say thank you for this opportunity. I am uh, the pastor, the senior pastor at Crossroad Bible Church. Uh, My wife and I have been married for 36 years. Uh, Her name's Annette, and we have been blessed with nine children. Uh, We have six grandchildren and one on the way. Brother Goddard told you that uh, I am... Uh, In the ministry of Church Rescue, uh, God put me in that ministry back in 1996, and I came to the current church that I'm at in 2004. And when I arrived, it was down to nine people. It is the oldest church in the county. It was started back in 1815. had a different name at the time. It was Society Hill Congregational Church back in 1815. I came there in 04. The first Sunday I was there, there were 28 people. That included 11 of my family. God has done a great work. He has blessed us uh, during 2021. We had to go to two services because of what God is doing in our church. And that came out of a revival that began in 2020 in the midst of the pandemic. Uh, we, We set up a tent in May of 2020 and began the revival on June 1st. Eight weeks later, there had been 365 people who had come to faith in Jesus Christ. That spirit of revival has been in our church for the last two years. Over the last two years, we've had another 158 people who have come to saving faith. We've baptized 117 of those. God is his blessing in tremendous ways. And so when I saw the Asbury revival, I certainly wanted to go check it out and see what was going on because in any revival, sometimes the embers and flames begin to get a little low. But what I've learned is you can take an ember from another fire and put it on yours or take a log and put it on there and it'll blaze back up. And that's what I want, that's what I want to happen at our church.
0: There are people here that don't know what revival is or are wondering what it is, but you've experienced that in your church. And so when you, you started seeing what was going on at Ashbury, that you have no connection to Ashbury University at all, you, you drove eight or nine hours to go up. And so as we've mentioned here, there are people coming from all over the United States going to Ashbury. You, now you see as we're recording this, this is still going on. It started as just a chapel service and 24-7 people are coming in. People are outside. They're standing in line. The other auditoriums are overflowing. People keep coming. So you're one of those people that with, with no connection to Ashbury, because of your heart for a revival, you drove eight, eight hours at least to get there to be a part of it, right?
2: Yes, sir. Um, me and two men from the church, uh, we left out early Monday morning. And we got there in time at 6 o'clock on Monday night. And we didn't know what to expect. We just know what we had seen on social media. Uh, but we walked in to the auditorium. And when we walked in at 6 o'clock, there were people lined around the walls. Uh, because seats were full, uh, we had a friend who had saved us some seats. And so we were able to get a seat in the auditorium, but they eventually had to ask those around the walls to go to those other auditoriums because of the fire marshal. But when we got there, they were in the midst of just singing some songs. It was a very peaceful atmosphere a, a peace like I've never experienced. And there were no celebrity preachers. There were no celebrity singers. Um, the worship was being led by students. Um, I've since learned that those students swap out about every two hours and they go through a process of being prayed over before they're allowed up there to lead the worship but they just went from one song to the next song it was a piano acoustic guitar and a beatbox no fog machines no lights none of the things that the modern church has thought you know this is what we need and then during the time there were some testimonies Uh, There was also a pastor from Africa who got up and he asked us to turn to John chapter 3. And then he said, "Uh, you read in your language and I'm going to read in mine. And he read the passage in his African language. Wow! Uh, And uh, then the the man who preached on Wednesday morning, the day it started, he also preached on Wednesday night. I mean, Monday night. um, And he brought a short message out of Philippians chapter 3. But the bulk of it was just seeking God through prayer and praise. And uh, there was a young man sitting next to me or next to one of the men that went with me. His name is Zach. And Zach had traveled there from Ohio State University. He came by himself. I did not know his backstory until the day after I got home. Zach was engaged in worshiping. And when the message was given, I just felt led to pray for him and he let me in. I asked him did he have a community of believers at Ohio State Uh, one thing was interesting of course you know Georgia and Ohio State played that game (laughs) back Uh and so we we chuckled a little bit about that but he let me pray for him and then he had to slip out and leave he'd been there probably four or five hours when he left well the next day I found out that when he got there three and a half hours before I did he was very agitated he was angry and he was even suicidal and My friend that had met us up there Talked to him And Zach said I don't even know why I'm here And my friend uh, said to him You're probably here for one of three reasons You're seeking peace in your life You're seeking the love of God Or you're seeking healing in your life And a few minutes later Zach leaned over to him And he said "I, I need healing And my friend and another lady That was sitting close by They began to pray over him And my friend told me He said in just a short while There was a 180 degree change In his attitude and outlook And I can tell you when he left he was a different man than what my friend saw when
0: he walked through the door so let's talk a minute because I know there are people listening to us that are saying what in the heck are you talking about what is revival is this a is this a biblical concept I, I know there's a history of awakenings in our country and I, I can list some of them and I know you probably obviously know about it but more than me but Again, to make it simple for people listening, this was just a regular chapel service. It's mandatory that people go so many times, I guess. And just a regular speaker gave a challenging message, but like you said, it was nothing out of the ordinary. But church has not stopped since. And and the crowd, you got people driving in from other states. You got people my age. You got kids. You got people traveling from other countries to Wilmore, Kentucky to be a part of this and not only that but now people are taking that flame to other places and revival is going on there so let's kind of figure out what is a revival what are we talking about rusty or is it a biblical is it a biblical concept just what are we talking about
1: yeah So, there's several things just for clarification. So, it used to be back in my early days of ministry that oftentimes in my tradition, we would have revivals every year. But, you know, they were things that you would advertise. I used to preach at them. and But now, we don't do that as much. But a real revival is where the Spirit of God stirs hearts and minds of people and lives are changed. And so, I was reading something from Tim Tennant, who is the president of Asbury Theological Seminary. That's across the street from Asbury University, and he's been there on campus uh, of the college in Hughes Auditorium, and has also participated at the events in SDS and uh, McKenna Chapel on the seminary campus. And he said, "This is—it's too early to technically call it a revival yet, because a revival." happens when there's verifiable life change that there's a shift in the in the trajectory of a person's life they're headed, headed in one direction but God shows up and stirs them and it shifts the direction of their life and so they you know they want to live for Christ in a in a powerful kind of way and they want to reorganize their life to facilitate Uh, The life of God's spirit flowing through them in ways and whatever it is that God is calling them into and So it's not necessarily to be in a vocation of full-time ministry But it's just wherever God's calling them that they're 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 going to be used by him and and uh, so they're surrendering to that aspect of his life and so and so uh, Revival is really when that life change thing happens. And so right now, dr. Tennant says this is more of an awakening. And you used that phrase a few minutes ago, Bruce. And that's that's just a stirring, a moving of God's Holy Spirit. And so that's what we're technically seeing here is just this this moving, this stirring of the Holy Spirit. And it does seem that we're on the the, the edges, the beginning, the birthings of, of a revival that may still be a little too early to tell technically, but there, there is this. There seems to be these life changing uh, events that is that is beginning to take place and being taken place as people give testimony about how God is changing their life and and the difference that the presence of God is being is making in their life and uh, through this event just coming in there. So a story some around that. And so we drove up on Thursday. I visited with my family and after supper, I said, I really i'd like to go to hughes auditorium and so uh my daughter-in-law and i we walked over to hughes they just live a stone's throw away from the campus and we walked over and uh, stood in the back for about an hour and a half and just was blown away uh at the experience at just i I felt that peace i got teary-eyed began to cry and weep uh just the soft soft tears and and uh of just wow, here are these young people, these students, giving praise to God. There's no, there's no screens with words on them. They're not reading or singing out of a book. Um, there's, there's no loud music. There's generally been one or two acoustic guitars, a grand piano, and a, a drum box where somebody's sitting on it and beating it <laughs> and, and that's and that's it it is i heard somebody or I read somebody uh, post It said it's really wild how unwild it is and that that was a great description for me it's not it's not wild and ecstatic even though it is very emotional there is a depth and a genuineness People are giving testimony of what God is doing and how he's stirring them and how he's, he's uh, helping them to see how they've broken the bondages of pornography or this sin or that, and it's just amazing, and you don't want to leave. You just want to linger uh, and, and experience it all.
0: One of the things you just said is certainly it's emotional, and, and there are people that get afraid, well, this is just kids being emotional, but it, the emotional experience leads to a, a different path when they leave there, you know, a different walk, right? And hey, absolutely. One of the things Rusty mentioned is true is, and I, I know you believe the same, that this is the beginning of something, but the real uh, proof of, in the pudding is in life change and, and what happens after you leave there, right? that That's what revival right. is, is what, what you do with what happens there. And uh, so I, I know that this country that we live in is uh, a lot different than it was when you and I grew up, I can tell you that. And you would think most anybody watching this or, or being curious about it would think, my goodness, whatever they're doing is better than what we see in the streets and people shooting each other and killing each other and whatever they're doing. But talk a little bit about the importance. It was obviously very important for you, not only in your church, but to go all the way up there to see what was going on, experience. Why do you think this breaking out of revival is important in today's society?
2: Well, I'll give you a couple of reasons. Uh, One, you talk about The culture is not the same as it was when you and I grew up. But I want to tell you, the church is not the same as it was when you and I grew up. True. Um, We have a lot of people who are deconstructing from the faith. And that group is very large within the college age segment of society. And so what is amazing is this revival started with college students. And it's spreading to college campuses. And so the revival, I think, for the church to become what the church is supposed to be, God is starting in the segment that we have for so long neglected, and I, and, and I believe there's a, a lot of potential for uh, God to take them in the next generation, not only to change culture but to change the church. And we desperately, we desperately need that.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can turn on the TV and know that, that we desperately need it. We need something different than what's going on, and it it'll take a fool to look out in the world to believe there's no God. And you can look at nature to know there's a God and to know that the potential of Him working and changing lives, as we've spoken already on here, the, the history of the church in the United States has been several spiritual awakenings that changed the whole course of our country. You're a man I know that's grounded in the Bible, in the truth of God's Word. What is it that makes you know that what is going on there is biblically grounded what are you looking for when you go there to be sure it's really authentic and grounded in the bible because if it's not grounded on the truth of the scripture then then we none of us need to be involved in it and there are people that probably think that it's not but i know you see that from the scripture eyes so so what do you see there this that uh, has got your attention to, of the authenticity of what's going on
2: well Revival is for the church. You know, you can't revive something that was not vibe. Uh, it's got to have, it had life and the life was becoming less intense. And revival is to bring that life back to fullness. And the church was birthed in the fire of God on the day of Pentecost. And so what I look at is with this revival, how does it parallel what took place then? And here's some parallels. That revival or that birthing of the church in Pentecost in Acts chapter 1 and 2 Started with people praying Acts one fourteen. It happened spontaneously Acts two verse two. It was noised abroad. That's found in Acts chapter two. People came together. Yes, there were some doubters. There were some mockers. Acts chapter two. A message was preached. A response was given to the message, and that message was repentance Acts two thirty eight. And then what happened as a result of that? When you come to Acts two, I believe it's forty two and forty three. At the end of the chapter, it says these all continue daily in one accord, praising God and having favor. And that's what's going on at Asbury. It started on Wednesday over a week ago, and they've continued daily, and they're praising God, and there's a spirit of favor and unity there. And so when I look at that, I see that part of it being biblical. But here's the second thing. In Joel chapter 2, which Peter quotes in his message in Acts chapter 2, he references Joel 2, and he says... This is what was spoken of Joel the prophet, that in the last days I will pour out my spirit upon all men. And when you go to Joel chapter 2, it talks about the latter rain and the former rain. And what I believe scripturally, the former rain was what happened at Pentecost. And I believe the latter rain is what is going to happen before the Lord returns for his church. And he says in Ephesians, He wants to present his church to himself, a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. And I believe that's what this revival is doing. Uh, Just as COVID purged the church because there's a lot of people that left the church and never came back. This is purifying the church. So there was a purging and now there's a purifying that I believe is the latter reign of Joel chapter 2 of the outpouring of the spirit trying to get the church back to what it was when it was first begun in the book of acts because here's the thing that we are finding in the book of acts john and peter were on their way to the temple and there was a man begging for alms, and he said can i have some money john looked at him and said we don't have any silver and gold but what we have we give you in the name of jesus arise and walk And, and so miraculous things were happening constantly throughout the book of acts but the church has become so anemic and so weak in the power of God because we learned how to do it apart from Him. And in Revelation, He says to the Laodicean church, You say you're rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, but I say you're poor, wretched, blind, and naked. And I think what God is doing, He's awakening that Laodicean church that has so long thought, we need the fog machines and we need the lights and we need all that money can buy. But they forgot that the real need is the Holy Spirit of God.
0: Throughout our history in the United States, there's been spiritual awakenings, spiritual movements, revivals that changed people's life, that changed this country's life. So it's interesting to see what's happening because I think that that you will agree and maybe you could just tell us. Why is this important right now in today's world? When you turn on the TV and everything you're seeing, you can see why God would want to be stirring this up in somebody with what we're experiencing in our country. All the division, the hatred, the the people looking at disdain with, with Christianity, period the polarization of people, all of that. Why is this important? Why does this excite you about what could be happening and starting at your alma mater?
1: Exactly. Uh, Those those awakenings that you mentioned before, all of them happened at tumultuous times in our country. And we were going in one direction and God kind of shifted us. And and we see all the, the conflict and the animosity, how divided we are at one another in this country, even now, and so and so. There's a lot of people who uh, are skeptical about what's what's happening at Asbury, and and I partly understand that. I, I just I, I partly understand that, but th- this is meeting a need, and God is doing something here that is just a part of His grace. His the classic definition or simple definition is unmerited favor. I, I just like to call it God's delightful, kind work in our lives. That's exactly what it is. It's his delightful, kind work in our lives, doing what we cannot do. There is this stirring on a, on a grand scale in, in here. And it, most of the people that I read on social media that tells about their experience is very similar to, to mine. There's a sense of gentleness. There's just this spirit of, of peace of tranquility, of tenderness. It's not wildly ec- ecstatic. Uh, it is just a very sweet, sweet spirit, as a uh, an old praise course used to used to sing, or we used to sing. And so, that is exactly. It is just an outpouring of love uh, from our God, loving on His people, and and for us to to take that love in this divided culture that we're a part of and love people not as not as arrogant people not as know it all people not not as we've got it together and we're going to we're going to help you fools to understand what this all is no no, no. this, this just out of our own brokenness to experience God's love. And one of the things that Paul says in the New Testament is the pouring out of the Holy Spirit into our hearts, a pouring out of his love into our hearts. And and so that's exactly what I've experienced and what other people are experiencing. It is just this, this thick, uh, overwhelming sense of God's presence just in the kind of a relaxing, peaceful, gentle, just began to get teary-eyed, and and it, it. One of the things, if you get a a fairly good video of of the events that you can find on social media, uh, it comes through just this sense of uh, the tenderness of God. I, I took a, a few videos of just from my phone, just a minute or so clips at a time of some of the worship and, uh, posted on, my uh, uh, social media pages. And uh, I show some of the people I said, you've got to hear this. And oftentimes they say, Oh my goodness, that gives me goosebumps just listening to that. It's, and that's what I'm talking about. There is something there that can't be described in a way, you know, from a, from an emotional high rah, 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 like we, we do at, at a football game or something.
0: Or as you said, it's not something that's been stirred by slick talking preacher. It's just it's happening among the people, right? It I is. Mean,
1: it's, it's happening yeah. among the people, and and the people. Some of the the people who will say we're going to enter into a time of prayer, or we're going to enter into a time of, of anybody that wants to read a scripture verse, a Bible verse uh, to the community here that's gathered. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna go into a season with this, or or we're gonna. I have a a, a word of from God for you, and uh, and they'll bring a short little devotion emotional message and there's some there that's connected with the college that do that but they're all it's not one person it's all uh, very unwild it's all um not rah 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 it's very very calm and
0: and it's also non-denominational people are coming from different yes. churches different different backgrounds Indeed. and all that it you is you know you know rusty one of the things that i think about and i'm sure you do i'm you're a little, little bit younger than me but not much I'm 68 years old, and I grew up, I guess, in a sheltered way. I grew up where my life centered around the church, and you you're very familiar with the church. R- you were right. the youth director yep. there, <laughs> yeah, right? And so, in Reynolds, Georgia, and what I see as I'm now look back and the changes that has taken place in our country, uh, it's just nothing centers around the church. The church is looked at with disdain, as in many churches, as Not many people going, and it's just it scares me for my grandchildren and people that are not even born yet that they don't get to grow up like I did. And so when I see something and I'm with you, I appreciate the what they're doing there. But it is the start of something uh, is what really's got my attention that it could it could change the course of what's going on with our young people in this country to to have a an eye and a heart for God instead of uh, just as zero eye or heart for God. If you read social media, I had to quit looking at it, but you, there are people that that think that Christianity is a bigoted religion and a, whatever they say, and it's just unbelievable. There were people that used to come to church that may not do what they said and not believe it, but they they certainly didn't didn't think it was bad
1: right <laughs> so, yeah so it, that, that's
0: scary to me
1: it is and that was I, I think that was one of the things that hit me when I went there uh, the first night on a Thursday night um, when I arrived on campus was just goodness hit look th- these young people they're they're singing from the heart there's they nobody has words I mean nobody's reading off a printed page or from a screen. They know these praise choruses, these praise songs. They're just bellowing. It doesn't matter if they're singing in tune; <laughs> they're a bit off key, some of them. But it's bellowing. They're just they just from the from the depths of who they are. They're praising God, and it is it is gorgeous. Some of that just the presence, the anointing uh, of God on that. And 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 I was standing there thinking that Thursday night just. Wow. Here, look at these college students praising God, and they could be a lot of different, they could want to be in a lot of different places right now, but they want to be here, and I, I don't know about you, but a lot of times I'm, I'm, I'm in bed 10, 10.30. I mean, they're, they're going strong at 10, 10.30, and 11, and 12, and 1 a.m., and just to think, you know, they, they could be other places, There's other things going on. Asbury College or Asbury University, they haven't canceled classes. And so one of the things that they've said is that, no, we have to experience the presence of God and the awakening of God amidst our everyday life. And so we're not going to cancel classes. We're going to experience God's awakening, this revival in the midst of our regular routines. And so that's what they've done. So sometimes you'll... You may see like in the afternoons, it's not as crowded or it wasn't early on. And I think now there's so many people, like you say, that have coming from all parts of the United States and, and coming now from other countries. Uh, yeah, into yeah, there I, that it's yeah. crowded almost all the time. And and when there was there when we got there Saturday night, we, we tried to experience one last time before we uh, left to come back to Alabama and we uh, it was standing room only. We couldn't sit down. People were starting to come in, and the little two-lane roads that in and out of there they were backed up uh, coming in. And even uh, with saw clips. I think it was on Sunday where, like you were saying, they were lined up all the way out the front of Hughes Auditorium waiting to get in.
0: Not only were they lined up, but there were a lot of people
1: standing that wasn't
0: even in line just to yeah. be clo- close to the building. Yeah, and like, you could me.
1: you could hear them. You could hear you can hear them outside the building just just the the congregation that's gathered there those who are inside you can hear them singing and it is angelic and somebody said you know i wonder if this is what heaven's going to sound like because it was it was it was angelic it just the the worship the singing.
0: so rusty let let me ask you this there are people listening to this that are a little nervous about what we're talking about i say, you know i i hear that but that's a bunch of kids I don't, I'm not sure I believe it. I, I sure wish it was true, maybe, but I, I don't know if I believe what's going on. What is your message to them?
1: I would say, you know, there's some things that when I look at some of the videos, I would think, you know, these are just ecstatic kind of kids. Uh, they're just excited. I can, uh, I can see how my skepticism, if I was not a believer it, watching some of those videos, how that would be. But I want to tell you, being present with there, it was not that way at all. This, this was, a, and it was emotional, and it comes from the deep, the depths of people. I think this is God has designed us uh, to have this kind of relationship with Him and to experience Him in this kind of way. And uh, I believe God made us perfect originally with Adam and Eve. The original uh, man and woman in creation, and things were good—really, really good. In fact, God called them perfect, and and so we blew it by rebelling against God and thinking that we were smarter than God. And so we've been suffering the consequences of that ever since. And so. God has been in the business ever since of bringing us back into a relationship with with Him like He had with Adam and Eve in the beginning. And so we're living right now in this in-between state, in between the relationship like Adam and Eve had with God back in the beginning of creation in genesis chapter one and two but god is going to restore that and so you can see some of that if you can get through some of the symbolism and apocalyptic language out of revelation but this is part of what you see and so at the last several chapters of revelation you have similar kind of language as you do in genesis chapter one and two when god made adam and eve and so you have the tree of life there in the book of revelation at the end you have Jesus a uh, walking god there in the presence we don't need the sun there's the river of life that flows through there similar to in the in the book of Genesis and so it's similar language and so what god is is up to we're in this in between time he's preparing us for that eternity, that uh, that time when we're going to live back in that perfect relationship with no more tears, no more dying, no more death, no more pain in heaven with Him, and He's restoring the relationship that He had again with Adam and Eve back in the Garden of Eden. So we we in this in between time, we we get glimpses of it. We get little um, snippets of of what heaven, what what life with God is, and I think these are some of those kinds of moments. We, we don't get to live on the mountaintop like that normally, and, and so God wants us to teach us to trust Him, and that's what He's doing in, in all of this, and so it does take uh, some trust, but it's not a blind leap, as some people say. I think there's all kinds of evidence, and that gets into an, uh, another subject for another day, but there's all kinds of evidence. It's not a blind leap. There's all kinds of evidence of who God is and, and what he wants to do in our lives if we'll just open ourselves uh, up to him. And so I would just encourage people, even uh, you don't have to deny your uh, skepticalness, but uh, just to, just to say, OK, God, if you're real, uh, then begin to help me to see that you're real. And just, open, just ask him that. And you can just be honest with him. I, I don't, I'm not sure that you're real. So if you are real. Help me to understand. Uh, help me to sense you. Help me to be aware of your presence, and just see what happens. God hears those, and He wants to reveal Himself to us. He loves us, and He wants us to live in a relationship with Him. And so He He will start drawing us to Himself, and, and other people can experience Him. You don't have to. You don't have to have a huge auditorium uh, to do that. Even though that it, there is a that is a great outpouring uh, of God's Spirit. There and you can sure sense in there, and we want to be in those kinds of places where God just seems to show up in a um, in a wonderful, marvelous way. You now, God's everywhere, we would say, but there's special times where He really connects with it. It's just like my my call to say, "This is for Asbury University." When I, I felt very clearly, this is this is where God wanted me to be. I was in inner turmoil within myself. When I heard the stories, I think of the revival that happened in 1970, the spirit of God within me said, this is where you need to be. This is what you want to be a part of. And, and that just connected. And I got excited. Now, I didn't jump and holler and hoop, hoopla, but there was a fire burning in my belly that, uh, I was gonna do whatever it took to to get to Asbury. And that was a Holy Spirit conviction. And so if we'll just be open to those kinds of things, God will reveal himself in special times. And I've had a number of those kinds of experiences. I never heard that audible voice or anything, but it's very clear that uh, God was speaking to me. And I think if if people will be open to that, uh, God will speak to them. And so they just, just tell God you're skeptical. Uh, but tell him you know, that if he's real, that to reveal himself to you and see what happens.
0: You know, one thing that you mentioned, and it's really true, any, anybody can experience God by themselves. They don't have to be at Hughes Auditorium. I mean, God is working all over. He's not just at Hughes Auditorium. But what I understand that in our country, part of who we are and how we move came about for these awakenings that happen in the church. That's right. And and, and it, it really influenced who we are and what's going on in our country. So this, this, these things have happened all throughout the history of our country, for sure. You certainly experience God by yourself. And like you said, you don't have to be at Hughes Auditorium to experience God. Uh, but when you see that going on as a Christian, it gets your attention. Uh, what is about to happen? It's very encouraging about what what could happen, because I think all of us are, are desperate to see uh, something change in our country just to the, the way it's going. Uh, and I'm not being pessimistic, and it's a little bit different than it used to be. So I would not be surprised if God is up to something, you know, and that's that's pretty exciting as a Christian, right?
1: It is. It is indeed. And you're right. God's been doing these things all throughout the history of our, our nation, and it's there in our uh in our history if we'll just dig and see some of that and uh but it's also true in the bible that uh, it's all there Uh, god comes to moses in the burning bush Uh, god uh, shuts the lion's mouth for daniel uh, God uh, speaks to Gideon and wants him to lead his people out from the bondage that they're in and I love that there's a new English translation. it's not a well-known translation. Gideon is is uh, debating with God about why does he have to lead the people out I mean he's not a warrior, he's the least of the least of the least and New English translation I think is in judges kind of s- chapter six says uh, God God's uh, response to Gideon says ah, but I will be with you. <laughs> and I love that, ah, ah. But I will be with
2: you, <laughs> and that's
0: the, that's the thing. But that's true all throughout the Bible. God used imperfect people. Everybody you see has got just about has got major issues. God, if if He didn't use imperfect people, uh, we'd all be in a mess, right? That so absolutely, uh, this this is not about at the end of the day that you can say I got my life together better than yours. It's that you're uh, God uses people in spite of their shortcomings and their weaknesses even with moses moses couldn't speak that's and, right and that, that didn't bother him a bit and, that's right you know you go all the way through the bible it's just one after another okay chet let's come back to you what is your message That there are people that there obviously people that listen to this they're excited about what's going on at asbury but there are also people that listen to this whose faith is very minimal and are, are non-existent, but their life may be in shambles, and they don't have the peace, that you, you as you talked to with the kid from Ohio State. What is your message to people that are hearing this and saying, wow, is that real? What is going on? Well, if you have one thing to say, what would it be? One message to give, what would you tell them?
2: Three weeks ago, or four weeks ago now, I started a sermon series at the church on reasons Jesus came. And we find them throughout Scripture. One reason He came was to destroy the works of the devil. Another reason He came was to manifest the love of God in First John. But uh, another reason He came, and I preached this last Sunday, was that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. John chapter 10, verse 10. And when I look at that, the abundant life, where is the abundant life? You know, everybody's looking for answers to the problems in life. But where is the abundant life found? And it's found in the person of Jesus Christ, who in Isaiah he says I came to give you abundant pardon and if you understand what a pardon is that means your record is wiped clean and it's though you didn't do anything wrong and that's what we get in forgiveness from Jesus Christ is an abundant pardon but he also says in Jeremiah 33 verse 6 he came to give us abundant peace and everybody's looking for peace and Jesus says he gives us the peace that passeth all understanding, Philippians 4, 6. So he gives us abundant pardon, he gives us abundant peace. And then he gives us abundant provision. And this is not the health and wealth prosperity gospel preaching. It's just simply that he's promised to meet our needs. And we're facing difficult economic times. But here's what the psalmist David said. I've been young, now old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. And so we find over and over in scripture, the things that God wants to give us in abundance. And it's all found in the person of Jesus Christ who died on the cross for our sins, was buried, and the third day he miraculously resurrected. He ascended to heaven. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. And he says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Saved. He offers the free gift of salvation to whoever wants it, whoever's willing to receive it. And tragically, he came to his own, and they didn't receive him. He came to the Jewish people, John 1-11, they did receive him. But then he said, but as many as received him. And the good news is, whether you're Jew, Gentile, black, white, young, old, he has a message of hope and peace through Jesus Christ that will absolutely change anybody's life.
0: And folks, that is the message of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. That is the message of Christianity.
2: Viewing life from
0: a hearse, it could be worse.
1: Laugh, think, and cry with the country undertaker.